Hello, my name is Amanda and welcome to This Organised Home. It is fantastic to have you all here today. I'm really excited to share this interview with the beautiful Nicole. From incorporating minimalism into her life, she displays so much passion and energy towards understanding and appreciating renewable clothing, organizational systems, which are not only common sense, but are easily achievable and adaptable in our home. And not to mention, she's definitely one really good cook. Please welcome Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for joining us today. Hi. (laughs) We're so like, we're like little kids, aren't we? It's it's brilliant. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Thank Um, you for having me here and letting me be a part of it. What you're doing is absolutely incredible. So I'm so grateful. Thank you. But before we even talk about you, I need to know, have you had a glass or a cup of water? You've got I actually, I hadn't, right? So before I sat down to do this, I was vacuuming and mopping my disgusting floor and I went and I filled up this bottle because I knew you were going to ask me. So it's here and I'm drinking now. <laughs> At least you're doing it for yourself. Like, all oh, that matters, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, I would love to know... Well, I actually know you a little bit, but I would love yeah. to tell everyone about you and your family and your life and pretty much who you are. Okay, so I am Nick and I've got two little ones. So my son is going to be five next month and my daughter is three. They're 18 months apart. I live in Sydney and I've been here all my life and I'm the biggest homebody. And I just think it's amazing when anyone moves outside of their comfort zone into other areas. I think it's brilliant because it's so not me. I'm the complete opposite. Um, background. What did you do before kids? Yeah. So life before kids, I went to uni 16 years ago now. So I finished school. I had no idea what I wanted to do and the natural kind of, thing to do in my family was to go to university. So I went and studied a degree, which didn't really, it was a business management degree. So it was an all rounder. And then after that, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. So I ended up applying for flight center and I got a role there. So within six months, I was an assistant manager at flight center. Within 12 months, I had my own store. And it was really cool because it allowed, like that company allowed me to progress in my career quite quickly. But it was a really funny role and it was a funny time in my life. So I worked there for about 10 years um, and that was all that I did before having the kids. Um, And, you know, people think about a travel agent and they think travel and that is such a small part of it, which sounds ridiculous, but it was so sales focused. It was all about commission and, um, you know, you were under financial targets. So there was a lot of pressure in that, in that space. And it was amazing because it allowed my husband and I to do what we wanted in our 20s. So we traveled and we got to buy our first home and that was all wonderful, but it was intense. So 
when I had my son, I was kind of like in this funny period of not knowing whether I was going to be able to go back into that. And I very quickly made the decision to stay at home, which it's so funny because you get judgment either way, right? If you choose to or have to go back to work and pop your kids into care, there's a level of judgment. And for me, it was the flip side. I decided to stay home and not go back into my career. And I received that judgment. And now looking back, it's like, whatever, I know that I made the right decision for me, but, but it's just fascinating. Time you're judging yourself because you actually didn't even probably expect that you would be doing that. You thought you exactly. were planned out. You thought you had it mapped out, but then no. Exactly. What happened? Exactly. Yourself going, well, how dare I be one of those people? Exactly. So everything kind of got thrown in the air and I ended up staying home and it worked out well because I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter and she was born 18 months later. So it all worked out beautifully and we made the decision that um, they would do preschool the two years prior to starting school. So I'm now at the stage where my daughter's just started this year. So I'm sitting here without kids, which is weird. Like I'm, I still think to myself, I need to talk quietly, thinking that they're upstairs sleeping or doing something. But yeah, so she's now at preschool as well. So I've got two days to myself. So what do you so, do both days? Yep. So my husband has a web development company. So I've always dabbled in that and helped him with that. But since starting this account, so many kind of opportunities have arisen that I didn't expect. And there's been a beautiful growth. And it's something that I've been I've become, you know, super passionate about. So Mondays and Tuesdays, I'm able to do what I need to with my husband, but then focus on the development of the simple housewife, which is amazing and connecting with people. And then there's also been this kind of side little project that's come about from it, which is thanks to you guys, because, you know, thrifted or recycled clothing isn't something that was even in my scope, even when I started um, The Simple Housewife. So that has inspired me to start The Simple Capsule, which is kind of like a pre-loved clothing yeah. store. And I don't know what is going to happen with that. It is so much work that I'm putting into it. So I hope that it does work. Um, it's rewarding in every single way. And I'm so grateful for the community teaching me about, you know, the benefits of sustainable behaviours. And, and I've said it before, but it's grounded me so, so very much. So I'm excited to see what happens with that. And I'm just going to put everything into it and whatever happens, happens. Hi. Starting. It really is. It's so good on you. I think it's an amazing endeavor that you've started. Thanks. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But having said all this, beautiful managing a family life and the mm. logistics of a family life. Now, I find it's really interesting because everyone does things differently, but inherently, we're all still the same. We have to drop the kids off at school, we have to yeah. drop the kids off at daycare. So, with two young kids, um, who does your pickups, drop-offs, sick days in your family? Who is there a targeted person who's responsible? It's me. It's me all the way. So, I mean, if I needed my husband at the drop of a hat, he would be there. So he works a really, really high-pressure job and he works super, super, super long hours. And I'm so grateful for him doing that because it supports our family. So I'm happy to pick up, yeah. you know, from there. So my responsibility is kind of the house, the food, the kids picking them up dropping them off and then of course I've got my husband on the weekends which is so nice to have someone else to rely on 
um, and he does all the external type stuff. So the lawns and, um, you know, the bins, things like that. He's, I don't touch any of that outside. He cleans that, he looks after it, yeah. but in, in the house, it's me. And it's always just kind of been like that and worked for us. So yeah, that's You work from home? So he works, he commutes, so he's either in the city or at home. So he does both. So what's been exciting is the Mondays and Tuesdays where I'm working with him, he's working from home. But the other days, it just, yeah, it's awesome. It really, really is. So it just depends. So some days he might have meetings and he's in the city, um, but some days he'll be at home. So it's really, it's lovely. I work together in the same space. Do you find you, you're really, like, you're, you're cohesive or is it a bit tough? He, he is seriously the most patient person. I don't know how he's even married to me because I'm just off the charts, like constantly moving, constantly going. But he is really, um, yeah, he's a cool guy. He's very, very patient, very chilled out, and we just make it work. Oh, that's beautiful to have that time to actually be in that space as well together. Oh, that would be pretty, yeah, pretty special. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, well, you've kind of already spoken about the division of labor and it's so funny. I had, it's when I was writing that as a question, well, oh, people yeah. think 1950s household division of labor. It's not that it's, we all have different roles in our home and that some people prefer to be outdoors. Some people prefer to be indoors. And there are those things that just need to get done in our house. So do you find that it's, an equal division of labor or is it how do you guys communicate those things that you said who does what yeah it's probably look it's an equal division in that he's putting his hours in another place and i'm putting in mine here so we don't really talk about it we just it's it's always been that way and that's just kind of what works and we you know that's what that's a very up. respective i think it sounds like a beautiful relationship that i'm so lucky have created now i know you are a cook you are a definite amateur beautiful amateur chef <laughs> where did you learn these skills where you are so okay so i feel like i need to preface that when i met my husband i met him at uni yeah. and i said to him come over and i'm gonna make you dinner and he was like, okay, cool. Like she's going to make dinner. So he came, I said, I was going to make pizza. So he was expecting like a pizza and I got like, and I thought it was amazing. I got bread, cheese, salami, cabanossi, and I put it under the grill and it was delicious. Okay. But it was definitely not a pizza. So we joked because for the first 10 years of our relationship, he was the cook. I didn't cook at all. I had absolutely no idea. And up until when I had Hugo, Okay, so we would go out and have dinners a lot, like any young couple prior to the kids. Lots of dinners during the week, lots of dinners on the weekends. Um, and then when we had kids, our lifestyle completely changed. And, you know, it, it wasn't practical going out. It's hard going out with kids and eating. It is. It's very different. And also, it's funny, we changed. We didn't want to anymore. We were happy to be in and have them tucked away in bed. And obviously, there are some days where we still head out with them in the evenings. But it's different. So I kind of didn't want to feel like I was missing out. And I started practicing cooking things at home. And then the more I practiced, the easier it got. And then now I find that I've broadened my repertoire, but I'm still definitely not 
like an amazing cook. I just feel like I I keep it simple. You're confident. And yeah, I do feel a lot more confident. I'll try different recipes that I probably wouldn't have tried before. So yeah, that's that. So do you ever get lazy when it comes to? Cooking? Oh yes, yes, I get lazy. Of course, <laughs> of course I do. I get so lazy. Like there are days that I just don't feel like cooking, so I'll make something really, really simple. Um, yeah. Beautiful. And when was the last time you purchased takeout? Um, probably a couple of weeks ago. I remember I was thinking back to what it was and I got chips and chicken with my mother-in-law and we had that for lunch. And we'll like on the weekend, if we're out and about, it's nice to sometimes as a family eat out and we'll have something like our kids love dumplings. So we'll pop out and have something like that. Or we'll get like a family Macca's box and we'll, we'll eat that. Like, yeah, every once in a while, it's nice to do things like that. It's all about balance. Absolutely. So talking about balance, putting time and energy into an Instagram page mm. or even a web page or a business, whatever it is, it can be really difficult to find that solid time to do it. So do you allocate a percentage of your day to put towards with you, we're talking about Instagram and your web page. Yeah. Do you... Do you time block? How do you manage your time, especially with things I, like that? I don't, but I need to. That's something that I'm working on at the moment. So it's bizarre because before having this account, I was rarely on social media at all. Um, and now I'm, I've kind of got this urge to respond to people. Like, you know, you get messages and you want to respond because you're connecting with these people and it's beautiful and it's inspiring um, but I know that I need to draw a little bit of a line. So right now I'm trialing, checking my messages in the morning and then checking them in the evenings once so that I'm not constantly having to kind of open up my phone and that's working, but I still, if I'm being completely honest, haven't nailed it. Like I need to work out something that kind of works for me. A question I get asked is how do I not get sucked into just scrolling? Yeah. And I, I think I just kind of, oh, I don't know, it depends on, I think that's mood-based as well. Yeah. I know that I have to be somewhere and do something and my priorities are elsewhere, then I don't do it. But there are, I think we're kind of, everyone's human. You, you get, inverted commas, sucked in to the... You do. And you know what else it is for me? I don't actually do anything for myself. No. So that is my time, which sounds odd, but it really is. I'm like connecting with people that I have so much in common with. So it's just lovely to have, you know, that 15 minutes of coffee where I'm doing that. But yeah, I need to find a nice appropriate balance where it's not taking over the day because sometimes I feel like it can. How do you feel having the phone out with your kids around? I don't like it. So if the kids are around, like usually if I'm, for example, cooking dinner, the kids are engaged in an activity. So I'll quickly cook dinner and I'll film what I'm doing and then I'll, you know, do an Instagram story or whatever it is and off it goes. But I don't like having the phone out when I'm with them. It's just not comfortable. So I've either got hubby there or, you know, and it's, I think what, you know, people also don't realise it's snippets of your day that, that thing. I've got a full 16-hour day and I certainly don't have my phone out for all of that. So, yeah, again, all about finding the right balance. And so when it comes to, this would be like my last question on social media, it's just yeah. interesting how everyone is different. I know that 
comparison is a oh, can be really difficult with some people. They'll see this beautiful curated effortless picture it could be of anything it could be even a white wall <laughs> people will be comparing it do you find you compare or have you stopped comparing or how, what's your attitude oh, sometimes I do sometimes I do like I'll see perfect images and I mean my page is all about the exact opposite it's all about being happy and grateful with what you have but of course there are moments you know like um for me my vice would definitely be pantries I'll see those containers and those labels and, you know, there'll be a part of me that just wants to have the same thing and I don't. So I think, yeah, it's just removing yourself from that and grounding yourself. And again, it comes back down to gratitude and just being grateful and happy with what you have. So I try to always pull myself back into that and space. realisation that that is an image and that most of those images, two seconds later, they're replaced with another image or then that toddler is in there <laughs> and I think a lot of us just I think it's too when we actually know that but then we still compare against it and absolutely oh, it's just an interesting world but the other good thing about it is life hacks and mum hacks that we have learnt in on the way of in the journey of motherhood and life itself so what what would you say you have found in your life to be three really good hacks you learned along the way? And also, actually, before we even get there, can you describe yeah. what you think hacks are? What what is a hack? I think it's just something a tip or a trick that makes life that little bit easier, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what do you have three that you use in your life? Three. Um, okay, so for me, meal planning is. It's, I mean, I know that's not a hack, but it it, it is a tip, right? It can be considered Absolutely. a tip. So yeah. for me, meal planning has been absolutely life changing. Um, I, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's all over my account. So for me being able to plan out our meals and save money, that's definitely a huge hack. Um, I'm trying to think of others. Um, I mean, then there's like little silly things. Like, like am I getting specific into like, like a laundry go hack? Yeah, go Can I go there? Whatever okay. makes your life easier because other people may have no idea about it. So what makes your life okay. easier? So what makes my life easier? So this sounds so silly, um, but it's using sunlight pure soap to get stains out of my husband's armpits, okay? The challenge is real and it's amazing. I literally scrub it and it's a natural product to use. So that would be another hack. Um, and what's a third hack? Oh, one recent one that I spoke about recently. These are so silly, but they're just little things that work. Um, I keep a knob of uh, frozen fresh, uh, so I get fresh ginger and I freeze it in yeah. the freezer yeah. and then I grate it on demand so that it doesn't go off. There you go. Three absolutely unrelated random hacks. I love that. I'm definitely going to do the ginger. Wow. The ginger is epic. It's really, really good. I think I saw Jamie Oliver do it years ago. I'm obsessed with the man. And now I've done it ever since. He's, oh, he's incredible, isn't he? Okay, so minimalism. Let's move on to minimalism and a bit of thrifting and a bit of um, renewable and sustainable clothing and just lifestyle yep. choices. Um, mm -hmm. Would you consider yourself to be a minimalist or trying to be or go on that journey? Um, I wouldn't consider myself a minimalist. I can just, I'm, I'm sure that I'd be on the spectrum, but I can appreciate 
what minimalism is about. And ever since learning about it, I've adopted, you know, some of the approaches to my own life. So I love decluttering. I love removing things from my life that don't serve me purpose or give me value. Um, but I also am now mindful of what I bring into my home. So it's not just about removing it. It's about bringing things in that are important to me and not spending kind of aimlessly and with no intention like I used to. Like I would go to Kmart and it was boredom. I'd be with the kids and buy decor or little outfits for them. And, you know, hubbies, I've already expressed working these long hours. And I thought, what am I actually doing that for? I need to stop. Like, this is crazy. So that's exactly what I did. And it's been changing. When you declutter, do you have a Yes. Yeah, so my process is if I'm uh, working small spaces, so don't kind of try to get overwhelmed by doing the entire room. If you've got a bedside table, focus on that first. Remove everything from that space and put all of those items somewhere like on top of your bed because it's going to encourage you to then finish the project before you go to sleep because you're going to need to sleep somewhere. Um, create pile so you've got your love pile you've got your maybe pile then you've got your donate and sell pile the maybe pile ask yourself the question would I buy this again today and if you wouldn't it needs to get moved on so that's generally the process oh beautiful so do you have any tips for someone wanting to give it a try give it a go especially the decluttering yeah my tip would be to not overwhelm yourself, just start really, really small and start with one space a day. So I'm still decluttering. There are still spaces in my home that have clutter um, and I'm certainly not going to go out there and, you know, try to, yeah, fix it all up on the spot. So just one little space is the way to go. How do you go with being emotionally involved uh, with items that kids and sentimental items I guess yeah. kids, yeah. they probably there's bits and pieces they've worn throughout their life and you get really attached to it and you, there's emotions that are a part of it how do Absolutely. you deal and manage with that you know what I should probably show you guys my um like keepsake boxes I used to have keepsake suitcases it was like out of control I had so much stuff that I was keeping because I was like oh no I don't want to get rid of that and I don't want to get rid of that so I've just really pared it back because again it's just stuff and what's important are the memories and the experiences that I've had with my kids although in saying that I know that you know when if I'm lucky enough to get to that ripe old age I would love to be able to sit and look back and physically feel, you know, items like that first little singlet that my son wore in hospital when I was sleepless and a mess or, you know, whatever it may be. So I keep little things um, and just try not to let that blow out excessively. And I think it's okay to keep. Yeah, because it's a strong emotion attached to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, there's so many levels of minimalism that mm -hmm. you need to focus on being minimalistic in your own way. So yeah. whatever that means to you is okay. Absolutely. So with living a lifestyle such as this, how do you think raising a young family impacts it and affects it? I think it's exciting because mummy's not taking, you know, the kids out shopping. We're actually going out to the beach or we're going, you know, to the park or to the playground and we're packing a picnic and we're not worried about 
what we're wearing and stuff. And the old me, this is quite interesting and something I've probably never said out loud, but I would, you know, buy things for the kids and then I'd take photos of them and I'd post them on Instagram. And it's like, have I bought that little outfit for mm. my children or have I bought it to show people them having a wonderful time on Easter or Christmas wearing a cute little outfit? Yeah. So I still enjoy that that side of things, but I'm doing it in a just a completely different light. It's about them. It's not about an image or a picture, like you said, you know, that, yeah, you kind of scroll past and then it's gone. So do you, do you have a really funny, I guess, or just where you've laughed at yourself kind of moment when you have been decluttering and just going through clothing from yourself or kids toys and you just had why did I do this kind of moment or just a where you just pat yourself on the back kind of just a, a funny moment or anything like that yeah all the time and I think yeah I think one of the most I, I wouldn't call this funny but it was a profound moment for me recently I you know I've, I've changed so much in terms of what I value and what's important to me in terms of even my own clothing and when I had my son, my husband, God love him, bought me a Prada handbag. And I, I looked at it for the last couple of years, getting so frustrated and angry because I thought, oh my God, this is so wasteful. It's honestly such a waste of money. This is crazy that, that I even own something like this. But back then, those things were important to me. I cared about brands and I cared about image. And I'm so not about that now. Um, so I was like, do I sell it? Do I buy myself a new lounge? Do we go on a holiday with it? And in the end, I just chose to, to keep it and I'm going to use it until it literally falls apart. Yeah. Um, but that was probably a big learning in myself that it's just not about stuff. It's not about brands. It's not about image. It's just about being grounded and, um, yeah, it's just not about stuff. Did you have a certain moment where you realized all of this or do you think it was cumulative from bits and pieces kind of coming together? I think it was accumulative and I think this community helped me realize it as well. Um, and I think the kids changed me so much. Like I just realized what's important and, you know, every day is, it sounds cliche and silly, but it's a blessing and, and people would love to be able to wake up and clean their homes, but can't, they're not physically able or whatever the case may be. So yeah, it's been a slow process um, across. Yeah a couple of years. It's so reaffirming to know that because I know there are people who think it's such a good idea, especially not essentially minimalistic lifestyle, but just to get rid of all of this stuff that, you know, $2 purchases from Kmart adds up. Yeah, and absolutely. just to think oh, or wait to have that light bulb moment when it's probably not really the case. It's learning. It's a process. Yeah. Learn to begin to actually install it in your life momentarily when you are ready to accept it. Exactly, exactly. And I'm still learning. I'm still on the journey. There are still things that I do that I, I'm sure I could be doing differently, but it's all a process. Absolutely. So when it comes to the kids, I love this kind of question. Um, activities that you do with the kids is there. What's your best like weekend activity that you guys do together? Do you oh, love? Yeah, we love going outdoors. So again, we keep it pretty simple. If it's just um, 
they love, you know, going to the park and they love packing a little esky where we take a few, few things to eat at the park. So not necessarily eating out, but just eating out in nature. They absolutely love that. Um, what else do we like doing? Crafts and art using natural things. So, um, yeah, picking things from the park, taking them back home and sticking them. Water play, those types of things. So, yeah, simple, simple stuff. You also have um, annual memberships to um, yes. facilities, yeah? Absolutely. And that is amazing. So I'm really lucky where our family will say, you know, um, what, what can we get for Christmas or birthday? And... I try to be honest in that environment because I don't want them buying something that we're not going to use. I hate that. Um, so I let them know or they make suggestions and I've been very lucky to ha get vouchers for both um, Sydney Zoo, which is quite local to us, um, and also the aquarium. So that's a perfect little day trip out with the kids. Absolutely. And it's really nice that you have that confidence to ask for it as a gift, like giving the gift of an experience too. I think a lot of us want to do that, but we're like, oh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It is a bit, it's a bit funny, but we've, I, and I wouldn't do it with everyone if yeah. I'm being yeah. honest, but I've got certain relationships with like really, really close family members that it's no issue. And I do the same for them. So I want to get them things that they're going to use and value and they're usually experiences too. I love that. So within your living situation, um, your husband working full time, you going from full time to maternity leave to starting up really like your own business. Um, how do you have any budgeting tactics that you have learned along the way that to make your life as comfortable as what you would like to be living in it? Yeah, absolutely. Like we do budget and I think having a budget is the first step. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't really know how to kind of elaborate on that other than budgeting and making sure that you know that you're not spending over oh, what... You draw up your own little scaffold and you just kind of work, yeah. you spend 10% of your income on groceries, for example, or, and then... Exactly. I've got an Excel spreadsheet. We yeah. keep it really simple. Money coming in, money coming out. Don't spend over that amount. That's it. Do you guys save? Yes, we save. Absolutely. So yeah, that's a, that's critical. Yeah. yeah so our, our, our kind of approach is the Dave Ramsey approach where we try to have three months of expenses allocated and saved. Yeah. Beautiful. So grocery hauls. We all love yeah. seeing them on the on on social media. Um, oh, yeah. I I have like a few questions when it comes to this because yeah. one essentially is why do you think people are really interested in seeing what other people buy for their Oh we're all a little bit nosy, aren't we? We want to see what Australians are eating and we want the real stuff. It's nice to see what people are eating and you get ideas, um, you know, you get inspiration and motivation from seeing other people's hauls. If there are specials on, you can go out and also, you know, get the same specials. That's I think that's why. It's awesome. <laughs> inadvertent form of advertising but it's just a true form of realism as well isn't it like we're all trying to live our best life within our own best budget and if you want to uh, eat 100% organically but you can only afford to do it 30% then that's your 30% and that's the way that you live your home your life oh exactly and as long as people are aware of that then it's just such a it's a really interesting thing seeing people's grocery 
Oh, it's great. I don't know if we're there are any two people in this world who really enjoy it. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm just happy to continue watching so yours. From seeing, I'm good. From seeing, oh, there's so many other beautiful accounts that are, and that's what I love about it, is that they're confident to share it and mm-hmm. need that support in our life as well, um, rather than that critical comparison which come, can come. Absolutely. Like that. So, with your own grocery hauls and meal planning, mm. do you, so you said you meal plan, do you weekly or monthly meal plan? I do weekly meal plans. So, I, I find that that works for me only because uh, on the weekend we've got events. So, and they can just pop up out of the blue where I'm entertaining or where we've got something on. So, it makes it a little bit easier for me to manage those. Otherwise, I probably would do monthly if it was a little bit more consistent with what we were doing. Um, yeah, but for now, weekly is working. And do you weekly grocery shop or fortnightly? Weekly, yeah, weekly. Just because we eat a lot of um, fresh fruit. Kind of, yeah, and I and I and it wouldn't last the whole two week duration. There's just no way. So I have to do it weekly. Otherwise, I'd probably do that fortnightly as well. I would yeah. love to do fortnightly, but I just. We eat so much fresh fruit and vegetables that the moment it exactly. comes to my house, two or three days later, I'm already looking at my salad bowl thinking, oh, where is Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's a good thing, isn't it, though? It's good. It's a good yeah. thing. So when you do a meal plan, what have, you, what have you found works for you when you're thinking of the ideas, what to cook and what to make and trying to figure it out with extracurricular activities? And yeah. Know, so... The first thing I do is look at my calendar. So I just check to see what we've got on during the week. Then I start in the fridge and freezer and work out what I could make with the existing things that I've got in the fridge and freezer and pantry as well. Uh, And then I draw from Instagram accounts. Um, I draw from cookbooks, magazines. I love the Coles and the Woolworths magazine that you get for free every month. I love those. Um, Recipe Tin is one of my favourite food bloggers. So... Her food is amazing. So I always check that and then I kind of plan around that. And I also create a shopping list on Woolworth. So I jump online, create a shopping list. And then if there are, if I'm over budget, so I try to keep it at $150 per week. Mm-hmm. If I'm over budget, then I change meals accordingly. So if I need another vegetarian meal, because protein's obviously a lot more expensive than what legumes are, like, well, yeah, that, you know, meat is more expensive, I should say, versus legumes yeah. or tofu. I might swap out a meal. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what works for us. Do you eat the same meals as the kids or do you separate? Yeah, for the most part we do. It's nice to every so often have a meal that's like packed with chilli and... <laughs> Absolutely, it's so nice. And it's nice to also eat a meal just hubby and I like the kids are sleeping and if we're having it at the dining table or on the lounge like in front of our favorite tv show it's nice to have that every once in a while but every other meal is with the kids and I might make little kind of um adaptations to the meals for them but for the most part they're exactly the same we just add chili to ours <laughs> well that's it your kids seem to be really and better good eaters have they always been that way or did you mold them to be that way oh i don't know about that my son's actually quite picky so i'm very i just we eat the same veggies but just kind of rehashed in different ways like there are certain vegetables that he eats and i just keep cooking with those my daughter is very adventurous so she'll eat anything and she'll at least try things whereas my son (laughs) 
won't even try it. He's like, no pumpkin, no way, no broccoli. So I just have to be a little bit strategic and keep offering, which is what I do. So hopefully one day he actually eats. That's the plan. Beautiful. So, well, when it comes to parenting, how has it changed your life being a mum, being a parent? Can you my life oh completely it's turned it upside down I think it's the most selfless thing you can do being a parent and having that level of responsibility and I was just when I became a mum I was so um you know you're, you're sleep deprived and you're just so anxious and that that level of anxiety of worry worrying about your kids and just wanting the best for them I don't think that ever leaves you no so it's just changed me that I've realized that it's just not about me and I'm okay with that. It's just about my kids and it's yeah, like, yeah, obviously there's still a little bit left there for me. Um, but you know, like it's That's our legacy yeah. and we have to mold them and give them the best so they can be their best. And so they can teach their kids. Exactly. Absolutely. In their next social context, because that's going to change as well. It'll be a whole new world when our kids are parents. And Absolutely. as long as you're comfortable knowing and appreciating that you've done your best. Yeah. Isn't that that's so? Right. What have you found to be most difficult when it comes to parenting? Um, I think you, yeah, you do at times second guess yourself, you know, and you just worry that you're not making the right decision. And it's a lot of pressure, like making the decisions when it comes to the kids, even some like little things like preschool or picking a school for them. Um, you just want the best for them. It's hard. So yeah, there's, there's nothing easy about it. It's, it's all been a journey. And I think each stage of parenthood, you're, you're um, presented with new challenges. And at the moment for me, it's that transition between preschool and a big school for my son. So that's just bizarre to think about, no. you know, letting go of my little baby and having him start school next year is just... I'll be there with you. I've got my elder oh. actually starting kindergarten. There you go. Yeah. Isn't it bizarre to think about? I think letting go, actually, if I was to think about the biggest challenge, it would be letting them grow and... Um, letting them just be who they are without being too intense. That's for me anyway, because I just want to wrap him up. But the reality is I can't do that. I just have to let things happen. So you have an 18 month age gap. Yeah. How do you find that worked for you? Did you enjoy it? Can you want to enlighten everyone about yeah. it? was really up with that. <laughs> Uh, at the beginning, well, you've got a very close age gap. Oh, you? oh my God, please. I need to be asking you for tips. Uh, but you've got your beautiful pigeon pair and I, it's just a, it's a, different, a little bit of a different dynamic. It, it is, yeah. So the I, initially, I remember finding out that I was pregnant and we didn't think I'd fall pregnant so quickly. So my son was 10 months old. And I remember crying, thinking, oh, my God, like, I'm never going to sleep again. Because my son at the time, you know, wasn't sleeping. And he didn't until he was probably about 18 months, like, getting to a bit more of a solid sleeping routine. And then my daughter came along. And funnily enough, it just worked. It was, it was fine. And the beginning was difficult, of course. You've got the needs of a toddler and you've got the needs of a newborn. But now, at the age of four and three, seeing them play together and the relationship that they've got together, and the fact that it's also easier for me in some ways, they're both the same stage in their life. So, um, 
yeah, it, it's, it's easy in that I can, I know where they're at. I can, you know, leave them with an activity while I do something in the house or quickly cook dinner or do what I need to. Um, and yeah, their relationship is incredible. They fight all the time, but they also love. <laughs> is there any um, like fighting or <laughs> Oh, this morning we were on the way to preschool and my daughter was getting upset because my son was looking out her window. And I was like, how, I, I don't even know where to start by managing. And it escalated. It was like, he's looking out of my window. You know, it was just, <laughs> it was extreme. So they fight all the time. But then when they love, they love really hard too. Oh, I know, so. and it makes up for it, doesn't it? Oh, just, you just yeah. completely forget about the other fight that happened. And then now exactly. you have so much exactly. love and value. Um, with parenting, though, in terms of like a financial context, mm. how have we found... How, how is it did you expect parenting to be as expensive as it is god no no it's so expensive like that stupid friggin prada handbag i think about what i could have done with that money it's just wild like kids are so 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 expensive and people warn you and tell you about it um but i think until you're in that moment you just don't you don't, don't realise. Yeah, so it's expensive. So that definitely impacted on um, our budget and our lifestyle choices. Yeah. Well, so with lifestyle choices comes self-care. And mm. so self-care is so important. It is, even though you, it, parenting is the most selfless thing you can ever do, you still need mm. to fill your cup up because if you are not your best, how do you, how, you can't function, you can't operate, you can't lead. Um, what do you find motivates you throughout your day or how, what do you do in that, in that waking up moment to get you motivated to do your day? Gosh, you're so right. Um, I start the day and again, it comes back to being grateful. Mm-hmm. So I start the day with gratitude and I end the day most nights um, meditating. So I meditate um, when I go to sleep because again, it just allows me to connect with myself yeah. um, and it allows me to focus on what I'm grateful for. And that in itself motivates me for the day. So there are days where I don't feel motivated and I feel, um, you know, a little bit more tired or need to rest. And that's exactly what I do. And that re-energizes me ready for the day, the next day when I am ready to go what ahead. What do you listen to? Do you meditate on your own or do you listen to something specifically? So I've only been meditating for two years and I'd love to do it on my own, but I'm not at that stage yet. And I use an app called Calm. Um, yeah, so... I'll put that on um, the notes, yeah. So, so good. I love it. And it just completely grounds me and it helps me switch off because I find in the evenings I'm just, you know, my, my brain's like ticking over and thinking about what I need to get done the next day and that helps me just breathe and focus on me for that 20 minutes before I fall to sleep. I love that. Do you do anything specifically throughout the day that keeps your motivational level where it needs to be at? Yeah, I'll I'll stop. So I'll have, you know, a cup of coffee yeah and a date <laughs> and i'll just chill out for a second and i'll you know i might stop and look through instagram and that will be my little refresher and time for myself um before i move on to the next thing beautiful so what about your partner does he do anything to fill his cup up does he do anything extracurricular as well as obviously being with you and your kids does he do something for himself you know what 
he doesn't. Oh. He doesn't. Doesn't that sound so sad when you say it that way? <laughs> Although he, oh my God, that sounds so bad. I'm going to go and be like, you need to fill your cup up. You need to do something for yourself. He, um, maybe it's he, the drive though. Does he, when he commutes, does he drive or does he, um, he's on the train and he's usually doing work on the train. God love him. But on the weekend, he, he chills out. Like he relaxes. There's no work. Everything gets switched off. And, Although he's with us, so it would be nice for him to have something external. He goes for walks, but I mean, that's not really, that's something little to break up your day, yeah. I suppose. But I think it would be nice for him to have something outside of that that is just for him. So thank you. That might be something that I'll talk to him about. My husband's a, a football player. So yeah. we've had training more than twice a week sometimes and yeah. big game on Saturday and different locations so it's um that's his yeah thing and it's been really interesting seeing him change um his attitude's always been positive towards it but then becoming a parent though has he still has that that team spirit and that um want to be a part of this group this network but he also has this want and need to be at home as well. So and he's just having to manage it both. It's 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 two way it's twofold, isn't it? We're trying to make sure we can do this equal balance but then there's kids. Yeah, absolutely. You've got that in there as well. <laughs> oh my goodness. So what time do you actually wake up in the morning? Normally between 5.30 and 6.20, I would say. That's the time. And it's with the kids. The kids are the ones that, that would toddle into my room and, and wake me up. And then we all get up and we go downstairs. And I started this routine of getting us all ready. Mm-hmm. And it just was not working at all. Um, clothes were just getting dirty. Like we we're having breakfast and I was finding myself re- like changing them again. And it's also a time in the morning that I really enjoy with them. So we'll all come downstairs. Um, they might watch a little bit of, you know, cartoons. We'll make breakfast together most mornings and then we sit and eat together as a family. So I like that chilled out vibe. And then we all go upstairs and we get ready together and then the day begins. Absolutely. Mm. So you see, you found what works for you. Do you think it'll be similar when your son goes to school? Oh, I don't know. I think it will have to change. Yeah, more than likely. I think we'll have to get up, get ready, brush teeth. Oh, no, eat, brush teeth, and then we'll be out the door. So for now, I'll just nurture these leisurely mornings as much as I can because we can get to preschool at any time, really. So there's no agenda, which is lovely. Um, So, yeah, normally we we arrive there between 9 and 9.30 and then the day begins for me. And I usually pick them up at about three o'clock in the afternoon do you have do you let your kids do or do you have a certain amount of time you let your children have screen time or um yeah oh i don't i don't pay attention to the time per se but i've said everyone we're using inverted commas a lot we're (laughs) and my arms are flapping around because that's just what i do um i i Yeah, I think it's, again, just balance and whatever works for you. So in the morning, generally, it will be about 20 minutes where they wake up slowly. Mum's making breakfast. They come and help me. We turn it off. We have breakfast. Sometimes they eat watching cartoons. And then generally, when they get home from preschool, they're super tired and have a snack and watch something as well. And then the TV goes off. That's it. And they don't have any games or anything on my phone or 
we don't have iPads or anything like that at home. Um, oh, and we'll also have screen time in the car if we're doing long trips. And definitely, I'll put ABC Kids on either the Listen app or the the viewing app, and and they watch the TV with a long car trip, a long plane yeah. ride. Oh, the best! Yeah, definitely helpful. Yeah. And yeah, that's good. Well, what about in a social context? How do you keep well, do you need to keep your kids on good behaviour? Like, do you give them a talk before you enter anything socially or...? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes we'll have a chat. But we're also usually in environments where um, it's suitable for kids. So I try to not put ourselves into situations where we're in a, you know, a fancy restaurant or anything like that. We just don't. We just let them be kids and that makes life so much easier. But of course, if we're in, you know, like at a wedding or at a church, we speak to them beforehand and let them know that there are certain things that they can do and certain things that they can't do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty chilled out. They're pretty good. That's beautiful. I remember once on a Valentine's Day after I had my first born, my husband took me out to this French cuisine like <laughs> eight you know eight servings what's that called a stack and they stagger it um yeah yeah, yeah, the and, I, yeah, yeah. and i was vegetarian at the time which is why would you go to, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but he was the novelty of it and we had that beautiful wine that was attached to each course and there was this beautiful couple next to us who had a oh, 18 20 month toddler yeah. Yeah. And they, they, they just said, oh, we hope you don't mind him being here. He is normally quite well behaved. And he just sat there the whole time. He was in awe as to how well behaved. Oh, that's amazing. And that's lovely for them to be able to go out and have a lovely night out. That's awesome. And they must be doing this quite often because he was definitely used to, um, I don't remember if I think our door at the time was, oh, just every year. I could not even fathom. No, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. It's just how that's exactly right. Oh, that's hilarious. That's so cool. Yeah, that would not have been us. That would not have been, we would have been running around the restaurant. These <laughs> parents have gone to celebrate for themselves and the child's there as well. And I just, I kind of laughed when, the, when they said, oh, I was laughing to myself when they said, oh, what, I hope he will be well behaved. He is quite yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, right. He's just going to be. <laughs> and it's so beautiful. And it's so, oh, that's so awesome. confident. Then the rocket, you know, and. And just do what you need to do in your life with your kids. Exactly, exactly. Whatever floats your boat, I say. Yep. So we're coming to the end of this podcast where I'm asking my last five questions, which inherently I try to be fast, but. Yeah, right. Not when you're talking to me, but anyway, okay. (laughs) What would you say is the easiest midweek meal either you or your partner make? The quickest. Probably. Yeah, probably me goreng noodles um, with frozen veg and a fried egg on top. Oh, yeah. Mm, easy, quick, and the kids love it. So that's, yeah. Do they not find it that spicy? Or do you? No, I don't put the chilli in for the kids. So I'll just serve that on the top for hubby and I. Oh, I love that. Okay, what is your number one money-saving tip that you have ever experienced? Meal planning. <laughs> that was an easy answer. Um, yeah. What do you think is the easiest activity to do with the kids when you they, when you all need to get out of the house? What do you do? Do you uh, 
go to the park. What do you do? Um, if it's going to be something kind of, if it's a full day, the beach, 100%. If it's something local, the park. Next is an either or question. Are you early mornings or late nights? Early mornings. Beautiful. And do you think you're getting enough sleep as a part of that question? Just curious. Um, yeah, I think so. I, oh, I, I could probably get more. Yeah. Yes, no, maybe is probably the answer to that <laughs> one. Yeah, I think that I am, but I'm sure that I could be getting more. Yeah. yeah. So I'm tired. The last question then is how do you fill your cup up? What is the one thing Nicole does for herself? Oh, so Nicole on a Thursday or Friday night has a long hot shower. I wash this dirty hair of mine. Yeah. I shave, I pop some fake tan on and I just feel like myself just for a second. And I know that sounds silly, no, but just to spend time on me you know that's that's enough i scrub my feet too that's it moisturize done it's all preparation for the weekend as well it's it really is fun. indeed <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today and i for being a part of this episode you have contributed so much and i'm really appreciative and i value your time Amanda, I am so grateful that you even invited me to be a part of this. So thank you so much. How brilliant is Nicole? Now, I am so happy that you, yes, you listening, are a part of this wonderful community in which we are talking to because the different ways in which people do things in their home is so powerful and so unique. So I wanted to thank you all for being a part of this journey that we are on. And if you find that you would like to spread this message, spread this beautiful episode, please share it with someone who you know would like to listen to it. I would also really appreciate if you jump on over to Apple and give this podcast a five-star rating with a review attached to it. It means such a big difference, especially as this podcast is just still so new and beautiful. So thank you so much. Bye for now.